2017 has ended with all its challenges. A new year has begun in earnest. A new beginning with its own challenges and blessings. So today we have Mrs. Anadokos to introduce us to the new Sintima in English. I would like to call her up to the microphone. Reverend Father Luca, Dr. Psadomati, Dr. Anthony, Mrs. Stavropoulos, brothers and sisters in Christ. As we heard, this year's Synthema is the church in our house. It is a phrase taken from several of Apostle Paul's epistles when he refers to Christians like Philemon and like Aquila and Priscilla, who were a pious married couple mentioned in the epistle to Romans. He writes, greet the church that is in their house. Evidently, they, as well as many other Christians, had a church in their house. In the early church, groups of Christians gathered in houses to pray and worship together and partake of Holy Communion. This was a time when Christians felt they weren't part of the world anymore. That is, they had rejected a world full of idolaters, people that sacrificed animals and children to the hundreds of gods they believed in, as well as people who had rejected the Messiah. Christians wanted to live God's promise. They wanted to live heaven on earth. This they did in their houses. St. John Chrysostom summarises this state of the early church when he says, in those days, homes were churches, but now the church has become our home. Most of us would genuinely feel that the church is our home. That is somewhere where we belong to, especially when we are inside a church. On entering a church, we feel a sense of comfort and belonging. We feel the presence of God and of his saints. When we think of the church, we often think of it in the big picture sense, something greater than us encompassing all Christians. This expression, the church in your house, St Paul uses, brings it back from that all-encompassing image to the everyday, to the personal. It is not a, just a place we come and go from when there is a divine liturgy. It is a church in our house. It is our home as a church, every day and always. This is the invitation of this year's synthema, for our home to be sanctified, to be sacred, and our family to be a little church of Christ. To understand what this means, we can ask ourselves what defines a church. Firstly, we usually think of buildings filled with icons, smelling of incense. We think of priests and bishops and rules that govern everyone. We think of all the Christians baptised into the church. And when we think about this, most of us would agree that our family home does bear some similarities to this image we have. Our families are baptised Christians. We fill our homes with icons. We light candles and burn livani. We also have rules that govern us, and we set spiritual rules for our families in order to help us be more vigilant. Most of all, we try to make our homes a place where God is not only present, but he rules as Lord and King. In other words, our, our homes are a part of God's kingdom on earth. And what is the kingdom of God here on earth? Our church. So if we are part of the church, then the kingdom of God is in our home. Every day, don't we pray with our families, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our homes are places where our families find a sanctuary from the world we live in. It is a place where we are nurtured and where we nurture. As St. Paul says to parents in regards to children, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. On the one hand, St. Paul uses the word nurture, which evokes comfort and love. And on the other hand, he uses the word admonition, which is all about firmness and discipline. 
So the home is both a place of rest and also of spiritual struggle. St. John Chrysostom describes our home as a tournament and an arena of virtue. So there, being well exercised with much knowledge, we attend to those in the marketplace. In other words, our training as Christian athletes begins in the home, or rather the church in the home, which prepares us to deal with the world, to know how to behave and respond as Christians in our studies and in our jobs. This training that occurs in the arena of our home embraces self-sacrifice, humility, patience, forgiveness, obedience, charity and love. In fact, we are exercised in all the virtues and truly exercised as it's often more difficult to be virtuous within one's own family. The Ten Commandments tell us to honour our father and mother, that your days may be well with you. But St Paul also exhorts the young, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. A fitting message, especially for us parents who may find it difficult when our children expose our weaknesses, our lack of faith and our egos. It is well known that the family forms the foundations of a healthy and moral society. The enemy of our salvation understands this and is doing his best to destroy in our minds and hearts the sanctity of true family life. Only one example is the recent desecration of marriage by the legalization of same-sex unions. However, this attack started long ago by distorting the image of authority. Authority is betray portrayed as either evil or comical. Authority figures are considered corrupt, inept or tyrannical. Obedience to God is ridiculed and considered irrational in those who don't put their faith in science. The God-ordained image of family has been under attack for decades now. Political correctness has seen the traditional family denigrated. Not only have the image of mother and father been undermined through modern definitions of the fluid family, but parents are no longer respected as being capable of making decisions concerning the behaviour and welfare of their children. Society prefers to entrust the welfare of children to schools or social services. Modern communities and families are so far removed from tradition that there is no longer unity as each member lives for themselves and for their own wants and desires. Everyone is fighting for his or her own rights. The cult of individuality has become the new religion of modern society. Individual, individualism is promoted and advocated at every turn. People have become alienated from their communities through media, drugs, modern music and dance, which all work together to achieve this alienation, to keep people on their own and living for themselves, even as they are living within a crowd. Completely missing or heavily distorted is the, is the marriage of man and a woman becoming mystically one. In the image of the oneness of God, according to St Paul, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. <coughs> there is no understanding of the self-sacrifice needed for a God-blessed marriage. We have also watered down the self-sacrifice required to be one with God, to be part of his church. One of our difficulties is that sometimes we don't want to make our home a church. We want our homes to be a place to escape and to relax. However, even Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray in secret. And your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. In other words, our homes and rooms shouldn't 
be an escape from God, but the place where we find him. They are places where we pray so that God fills every part of our life and being. Wanting to escape from God is one of the reasons we often feel so tired. As it says in the Psalms, my soul became tired because of its listlessness. Establish me in your words. In other words, through the study of God's word, through the reading of the Bible, reading the lives of the saints and other holy books, we are cured of our spiritual tiredness. Our house should be treated by us as sacred ground, sacred as a church is sacred. If we sense the sanctity of our family home, of our family unit, then we won't sully it with inappropriate behaviours. Let's not just hang icons in our houses. Let the saints be living members of our families and let us become saints. Let's not just light candles, but become candles melting with love for God. Let's not just burn Livani, but have the scent of holiness fill our homes and our lives. Then not only will we, will, be, will we be more complete members of our families, but more complete members of humanity. A contemporary monk on Mount Athos said, when we learn to overcome our ego, we become true members of our families. And when we learn to become true members of our families by overcoming our ego, then we become true members of the whole human race of Adam. And then we will be able to pray for all humanity. Of course, this is simply the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts. It is not at all by chance that behind the three great hierarchs, that is St. Basil, St. Gregory and St. John Chrysostom, were saintly mothers, saintly fathers and saintly families. If we want the world to improve, let us first correct ourselves and our families. So dear friends, may this year be a new beginning for us and for our families.